Welcome to Grow Your Influence, leadership conversations for business owners and managers. Whether you own a business and have a team, or leadership is part of your role, welcome, you're exactly where you need to be. Join co-hosts Juliet Robinson and Christy Lee Billet for their regular conversations on all things leadership. No corporate jargon, no textbook ideologies, just real life experience unpacked in a relaxed way to help you be your best boss and lead your team with confidence, clarity, and control. This is Grow Your Influence. Let's dive in. Christy Lee, how are you going? Juliet, so great to see you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. It's great to be back talking again too. I feel like we've had a bit of a break, so it's been a time to sort of uh, think through a whole lot of new ideas that we can discuss as well as um, take a break. Yes, it's been great to have that interview series where we, we both got to chat to some really interesting people about really interesting topics. So I'm hoping all the listeners enjoyed our conversations that we had over the summer period. But, um, yeah, it's good to be back chatting again and keeping up to date with what's topical at the moment too. Absolutely. Um, and actually we've got some more interviews that will, that are coming up throughout the year. I'm, I'm loving the interviews just mm. for, um, you know, that inspiration and hearing how other people are tackling some of these things. But, yes, we're back and today we're talking about working with your family. <laughs> I feel like this is fraught with danger, this topic. Totally. And I feel like we could probably do about a year's worth of podcasts just on this because I do think there is so much to unpack and to navigate when you're working Mm. with your family. It's a a different dynamic working with family. I mean, I think about one of my daughter's favourite TV shows to binge is Modern Family. And I always think about the family dynamic in, in the wardrobe business that they have in that show. But when you're working with family, particularly when you've got a business that potentially is stacked with family members, it yeah. can get complicated and messy and it can be difficult to, I think, have boundaries and draw lines about what is business yeah. and where, where is this encroaching on our personal life or is our personal life encroaching on the business. So it, it certainly adds a layer of complexity to running a business, I think. I think it does too. And I've worked with a number of family businesses over the years. And, and <clears throat> excuse me, most of the time, because this is what they struggle with, mm. because at work everybody's trying to, you know, get the job done and be nice, but all of those little family niggles are still there in the background, mm. which when you work with people who are not your family, don't actually worry you as much because everybody goes home at night and you're not seeing each other on the weekends and you're not, you know, catching up at Christmas and all mm. that sort of thing. Mm. So I think it, it is definitely loaded with some challenges so let's get into it where do we start (laughs) I think I think where we start is what you need to think about when you are considering starting a family business or joining the family business Mm. because I do think it's something you have to go into with the right intention and with your eyes wide open in terms of what this might look like and where the challenges and pitfalls might be Um, So I think that's always a good starting point. Like if you're going into a family business, either you're joining your existing family's business or you're taking over the family business, whatever the case is, what are the things you should be thinking about to determine how this might look and work? Because I think having real clarity around how we're going to do this Mm. is important and that involves some really frank and open conversations and some boundary setting potentially. 
but I think that's where sometimes people go wrong. They don't actually think ahead as to how are we going to make this work for us. I think you're right. And what I see so often is that there's this sort of assumption that, well, if I set this up, then the whole family will be in there. And often by that, we don't just mean our children. Mm-hmm. We mean, oh, and I'll get my brother or my sister to do something. And suddenly you've got your contemporaries working for you potentially, mm-hmm. which is a very interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. And there's this assumption that all your children want to do what you do. <laughs> and sometimes the kids might just join because they've got nothing else going on at that point in time or because um, their parent or parents are a really strong influence in their life at that mm. particular point. So I think you're right. I think so often family businesses evolve out of a family dynamic that isn't about the business, mm. it's much more about the family. Mm. And yeah. I think that is where things can start to already start to, I, I guess, put in a, a weak base because, you know, you're not putting in a really solid foundation there. Yeah. Where you're recruiting based on skill and experience necessarily. What you're doing is saying, I want to set up a family business, so I'm going to bring in the family and maybe that means, you know, you're not paying them as much or whatever. I see it the opposite way. I see them being paid way too much in most of the family businesses I'm working with. Right, yeah. the market. Um, But I think that's a really good point. If you're not laying the foundations of a business rather than just something the family is doing together like a hobby, that's when you're setting yourself up for real challenge. And the family businesses that I see do this well are very clear and respectful about people's core skills and and talents and have responsible areas that that person is in charge of that. Like at the moment I'm working with a business in the construction space and it's three brothers working in the business and it's very clear this brother is responsible for the on-site management of running the jobs because that's Mm -hmm. what he's good at. Mm-hmm. this brother is responsible for running the business side of things yeah. that's what he's good at yeah. this other brother's doing the systems and the, the growth strategy and the sales because that's what he's good at so if you can be really honest about where everyone's strengths are where you complement each other and then to an extent stay out of each other's way that can be a successful approach to take for sure yeah and I think that when you have a meeting of equals mm. then I think that's absolutely something that can work and that does create that strength in the base of the business um years ago i worked with one of the large car companies around australia and um so i traveled around australia and went to so many dealerships and they're often a family business Mm -hmm. and so often what i saw was there would be one or maybe two if they were brothers but often one person who was the power in the business Mm -hmm. and who brought in different relatives. And it set up a power dynamic already because he brought them in to do jobs that reported into him so often. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly he's their boss as well as, you know, their brother or uncle or whatever, you know, father. And I think that structure, which is quite traditional from family business sense, actually creates competition. Yes. amongst the family members who sit at that level below the, you know, the patriarch or the matriarch, you know, one of those two roles, yeah. it can create 
an underlying, even it might not even be particularly obvious, but an underlying competition for mm. not only promotion and opportunity, but also attention and favoritism and um, adoration. It, it can create yeah. because you, when your family and it's not just your boss, not only do you want to do a good job and get a promotion, get a pay rise, you also want to be the favorite, yeah, or you want to be seen in a good light, or yeah. You want to be the one that they rely on or uh, is their confidence. So there's a, a layer of not only wanting to do a good job but wanting to be seen in a favourable light when it's a family member, I think. Yeah, and I, gosh, doesn't that set up a whole lot of <laughs> dynamic time bombs basically? You know? Yeah, yeah. And because, you know, the reality is we all get older in life and when it is time for that person to step down from that role, mm. without a clear succession plan in place and without clear communication channels in place, that's when I often see family businesses really start to crumble yeah. um, because they don't know how to navigate that next phase of the business. Do you also see what, one of the things I see is that so often in family businesses things are really nice. You know, the the, um, the the family dynamic in a way flows into the business. Mm. So there's very little challenging going on, very little productive challenging. Mm. Um, and I think the family relationships, what I see is the family relationships that are established, you know, from the beginning um, carry into the business. So the people who are, who are, um, who have more say and are more powerful in the family Mm. tend to have that same relationship in the business unless there's some awareness of how that works and some challenging of that. But so often I do. I see, look, it's, you know, it's, it is such a nice environment and I do put that in inverted commas because it is that that sort of, oh, yeah, we all get along really well. And it's you don't have to dig very far to hear about all the little niggles and the things yes. that you don't, they don't feel they can talk about because it's family. Yeah. And I think with family as well, you know, um, some people are more like this than others, but there is a, a tolerance for things that they might not tolerate from someone yes. else in the workplace. And they'll say things like, oh, that's just Mary. That's just what Mary's like. Yes. And it wouldn't be like that if that was any other employee in the business. So there is a level of tolerance that probably does in some cases stifle productivity for sure and certainly doesn't create that environment for robust questioning and debate and innovation um, because there's no one pushing that forward when we're all just trying to be nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Quite often when I work, well, almost always I think when I work with family businesses, I get them to do a um, a, a self-awareness yeah. exercise, you know, so we'll use a tool like the team management um, profile or DISC or one of those mm -hmm. to talk about how they communicate and they work together um, just to sort of, I guess, bring some of those things to light. Yes. Just to sort of have that conversation. Now, it's not always successful. <laughs> and I worked with a family business um, a few years ago now where it was really clear who was in charge in the family. Mm. And as soon as they spoke and said something, everybody just went, oh, yeah, okay, that, you know. Yeah. And it really took time to to sort of tease that out a little bit. And to create a little bit of change in that environment. Mm. Um, but it really was a power dynamic. And so even when we used the, the team management profile to talk about how everybody communicated and how they worked, everyone could see it mm. and they could talk about it and laugh about it, but they really struggled to change yeah. things because yeah. that takes self-awareness at the individual level. Mm. 
Yes, actually, I was having a discussion with a leadership expert yesterday. He said, we're talking about the fact that self-awareness is the first step in change because until you're aware, you yes. physically cannot make change. Yes. And I think those kind of tools, team management profile, DISC, they also give us language to use when yes. we need to maybe call someone out on something or challenge something or move things forward. Having some common language that is, you, you know, just, uh, you know, non-family related, non work specific related I find really helps teams generally but certainly family business teams to be able to rely on that to help them move forward with things so I I use this quite a bit with some of the teams I work with and it gives them permission to say stop being so d or we need to pull you out of your c or we use the the language of the disc profile to create a sense of uh, safety, to have those conversations and also relatability. You know, we yeah, know totally. that this is their profile. So, of course, that's how they're going to shop at work. And yeah. how, do, how do we navigate that in a different way? So I think doing those kinds of assessments and especially if you've got um, a group of family members who aren't particularly self-aware or have never done that kind of work before, yeah. it yeah. can really shine a light on things for them. I think so, and I think that doesn't have to be complicated. But as you say, it, in creating that language, mm. you start a conversation, don't you? Yes. You know, it really does enable people. And I know a family I worked with not that long ago had that experience, and one of them spoke to me later and said, it just made me realise that I can speak up. Mm. I just didn't realise that that's how, you know, the others work and think, and I'm quite different. And I just need to find a way to you know, use that and, and find my voice with that. Mm. And it was such a great sort of moment for them because I do think that's the key. I think particularly in family businesses, a bit like in families, mm. we don't <clears throat> raise the little things because yes. they're little and we don't yeah. want to make a fuss and we want everybody to be getting along and all of that sort of thing. And then over time, the little things become big things. And by the time we raise them, there's this sense of, but I've been doing this for years. You know, why didn't you say something if it bothered you? Yeah. Um, And that can really sometimes be what pulls apart a family business is that of the little issues over time. And we all know when we let something simmer, it becomes bigger than Ben-Hur. Yeah, sure. And and we overreact generally. So that's going to happen if you – and I think this is where – for successful family businesses, there's got to be a culture of understanding that this is the business and this is how we're going to show up in the business. Mm. That might be very different to how we show up for each other on the weekends or at the family events and that they can in some way compartmentalise that we're going to have a discussion and this is a business discussion. That doesn't mean we're going to take that argument to dinner tonight or Mm. that Mm. disagreement to dinner tonight. And I think when you've got a family business, having those boundaries around protecting the the personal aspect of, of the family and, and the outside of business component um, versus having a, a business mind within the business is where I see the most successful family businesses operate. Yeah. And I think that is even more important if you have more than one family in the family business. You Absolutely. know, if you have siblings who've gone into business together and then their children are also in the business it becomes really important that you don't take things home mm. because the minute you do, one side of the family is sort of getting more informed than the other or, you know, there are just different conversations that happen. 
yeah, very different mum and dad business compared to having a multi-generational, multi-family business where you've got cousins, you know, nephews, nieces, um, in-laws and so forth. Yes. Because, yeah, those conversations mum and dad businesses have at home Mm. are kept within the business because that is the business where when you've got these multiple layers if you don't compartmentalise it, you can end up with a situation where one family feels more informed or, or you know, favoured or whatever the case is. So um, I think that's definitely the case that at that level, it's, it's got to be a business that happens to have family working in it. What about things like performance management mm. and particularly, you know, having difficult conversations about behaviour um, as much as performance? Mm. I think family businesses, it's harder. There's no doubt yeah. because you can't have a conversation about behaviour that you know doesn't impact how someone feels outside of work because behaviour yeah. is personal to them. Yeah. Um, but I don't think sticking your head in the sand and avoiding those conversations is the right answer either. So I think sometimes getting your reporting lines right in family business can be yeah. crucial to getting that right. Um you know, perhaps having a father and son reporting relationship is not ideal when you need to manage performance and behaviour at work and, and that should be someone different. Yeah. So I think getting those reporting lines right can really ensure that performance is managed appropriately and not, you know, things being tolerated that shouldn't be or not avoiding conversations that shouldn't be avoided purely because you know that it's going to impact at a much broader level because they are family. In my experience, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a family business I work with where they have um, specific position descriptions for family members, where they have a performance management process, where there's any sort of review of performance or behaviour. Mm. And I think that is such a trap. But as you say, of course, everyone avoids it because it's difficult. And because when you're bringing the family in, you're bringing them in regardless of their skills in a way, aren't you? You know, you're bringing them in because you're creating the family business. Mm. Um, But I think that's where I see a lot of the problem is that there is no sort of specificity around what your role is. And no one ever talks about the behaviour really Mm. because, well, we're all family. Yes, so who's going to do the wrong thing? Why would anybody do the wrong thing? And yet everybody's definition of the wrong thing is different. Yeah. And I think as well um, I would agree that I don't see family members in family businesses held to the same account in performance management yeah. than the rest of the team are. Yes. And quite often there's performance reviews happening for everyone else in the business but not necessarily for the family. Yeah. That can cause a real problem from a cultural perspective. Totally. Uh, differences and I I certainly have worked with family businesses where that has absolutely been the case and you know Uncle Joe over here was able to pretty much just skate along doing not not a lot for a lot of money for many many years and his peers who were not family members are getting you know assessed on performance judged on you know their you know what they're achieving um, and getting paid appropriately but certainly not at the same level. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and I, I, you know, I know I talk with the older generations who see the younger generation coming in um, without having the skills that some of their non-family contemporaries have mm-hmm. and not knowing how to manage that. 
not knowing. Yes, and it creates a lot of tension. I've worked yeah. for a business recently where the daughter inherited the business yeah. and the existing staff who had worked with the parents for many, many years were not happy about this yeah. at all. Um, there was a real sense of um, what would she know and, yeah. you know, she hasn't earned her stripes. Um, and yeah. the reaction of the fam- you know, of the daughter is often to uh, get her back up because this is her business, which, which yeah. is absolutely true, um, but that's not the way to navigate that kind of tension, uh, unfortunately. So It's such an opportunity for leaders, though, isn't it, to, mm. uh, to actually step up and say, yes, we've got, and maybe it's all family in the business, whether it's all family or whether it's family and some people from outside the family, to actually, you know, push the idea that we need to develop a team charter mm-hmm. or have a conversation around how we behave and, you know, how we want to communicate and those sorts of things. I think there is a real opportunity there for leaders in family businesses. Mm-hmm. Um and I know it's a really difficult conversation to have. It takes real courage to say, this is a business, you yes. know, you yes. know, and as much as I love you all, we need to talk about how we work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ideally we're doing that before everything kind of. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. I think this is a topic we could revisit in uh, some more detail in, in future episodes. I think it's really fascinating, the dynamic of family business. Um, and if you're one of our listeners and you work in a family business and you want to share your experience, head over to our Facebook page. We'd really love to hear from you and you can maybe let us know if you've got follow-up questions that you'd like us to cover yeah. in a future episode. Absolutely. And I think in our next episode we're going to be talking about you know, when you, your values clash with others that you're working with. And I think that's an interesting one in a family context. So we can pick this up in that conversation as well. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a rating, comment and review wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to recommend us to a friend. We also love hearing suggestions for topics or guest speakers that you would love to hear from. The best way to reach us to give us those suggestions is over on our Facebook page. Simply head to Facebook and search Grow Your Influence. See you there.